0: Okay, so we are going to start with a scripture, Hebrews 10 from verse 17. He then goes on to say, And their sins and their law breaking, I will remember no more. Now, where there is absolute remission, forgiveness, and cancellation of the penalty of these sins and law-breaking, there is no longer any offering made to atone for sin. Therefore, brethren, brethren, (laughs) since we have full freedom and confidence to enter into the Holy of Holies by the power and virtue in the blood of Jesus, by this fresh new and living way, which he initiated and dedicated and opened for us through the separating curtain veil of the Holy of Holies, that is through his flesh. And since we have such a great and wonderful and noble priest who rules over the house of God, let us come forward and draw near with true, honest, and sincere hearts in unqualified assurance and absolute conviction engendered by faith. By that leaning of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. Having our hearts sprinkled and purify, purified from a guilty evil conscience and our bodies cleansed with pure water. So, let us cease and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish, cherish, <laughs> my English forehand and confess and our acknowledgement of it for ye who promised is reliable and faithful to his word. Okay, we're going to start in verse 17 again. It says, he then goes on to say, and their sins and their law-breaking, I will remember no more. So first things first is the preaching of the gospel, which is the forgiveness of sin. If you um, look at Hebrews 13 verse 38, he says, I proclaim to you that you are forgiven. So it, this, um, the, the preaching of the gospel is not um, somebody sent, sent Romans 10 and that person preached. There's no condition to the preaching of the gospel, okay, so we will speak about the condition just now, but preaching is for free, it's for everyone, okay, so there's no condition on preaching of the gospel, the gospel is for free. So first thing we have to know is that you are forgiven, (laughs) and this is preached to everyone because Christ died and he proclaims that... That, that you are forgiven, okay? Jesus died for the sins of the world. But then he now says, he says, where there is absolute remission and forgiveness of sins, there is no longer any offering made to atone for sins. Therefore, brethren, since we have full freedom and confidence to enter into the Holy of Holies by the power and the virtue in the blood of Jesus, by this fresh and living way which he initiated and dedicated and opened for us through the separating curtain, that is through his flesh. And since we are such great and wonderful and noble priests over the house of God, let us come forward and draw near. Okay. So, first of all, you were outside when you did not believe in Jesus. Okay. But the gospel, you were outside, but the gospel was preached to you. Okay. But then you believed, you had to believe in Christ to enter the Holy of Holies. So, here is the condition by faith. Okay. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says um, that we are saved by grace, so the grace of God, this is what I'm speaking about, you are forgiven, it's free for everyone, through faith, okay, so you are saved by grace, this is the grace available for anyone, anyone, through faith, okay, so once you are outside, and then by faith you believe in Jesus and you entered into the holy of holies. Now I want to make a distinct I want to distinguish here. <laughs> there's a once off thing that happens, and then there's a daily thing that happens. And that was so nice when, when Martin started with the worship. He said, Jesus has given us everything, but by faith we now receive. He says, by with joy he pours out his spirit on us. By faith we receive. Okay. So they, f- f- first off, once for once Jesus died, and you only need to believe and give your heart once to Jesus, you were on the outside, you were not one with God, you were not in the Holy of Holies. But when you believed and you gave your heart to Jesus, you surrendered to him, you entered into the Holy of Holies, okay, and now you are there. But then, there's a daily thing that happens in our lives. Now, I just want to... to to, the Bible often speaks about it. For example, in Ephesians 2, verse um, 8, he says, You are saved by grace. But then in 1 Corinthians, Two or one, verse eighteen. He says, "The gospel is the power of those who are being saved." Okay, so there's a once of salvation of we go to heaven or we have eternal life. But then there's a daily salvation of our souls. So that which has happened in our spirits needs to manifest in our in our souls. Okay, so daily, what I like so much about this was he says in verse twenty-two. Let us come forward and draw near with true, honest and sincere hearts um, in sincere hearts, in unqualified assurance and absolute conviction engendered by faith, having our hearts sprinkled and purified purified from a guilty evil conscience and our bodies cleansed with pure water. Okay, so we were outside, we believed in Jesus, we, we entered into the Holy of Holies. It is not like you go into the Holy of Holies and then you go out of the Holy of Holies. And then you have to be washed again by the blood of Jesus and go in and then you can go out again. The blood of Jesus cleansed you once for all. You were made perfect um, by the, the sacrifice of Jesus. But now we know that we do not experience Jesus every day as we can. We know that even though we have entered into the Holy of Holies, it does not always feel (laughs) like we are there. It does not always feel like we are experiencing in fullness. Now he says, come, by faith, daily, (laughs) so that your guilty conscience, by faith, can be cleansed, so that you have a pure conscience. So this is a daily walk that we have with Jesus by faith we believe that he has purified us by faith we believe that that we that he has has cleansed us by faith we believe that he has made us holy so even when we do not feel it even though when Even when we feel guilty, we come to him and he says, with a pure, honest heart, so just as you are, with your feelings of guilt, not trying to sort yourself out, you come and you draw near. And how do we draw near? We're going to speak about it a little bit more, but most of the... Let's say worship, for example, this morning that we 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 that we sang to him. I draw near in terms of by faith. I know I'm in the holy of holies already. I know already I'm forgiven, but I come to Jesus in that I worship Him. I I declare His goodness. I declare how. Um, how good he is and what he has done for for me. I thank him for what he has done for him. Like that song said, I exalt thee. So by faith, I draw near, and I experienced him. I really did. Thank you, guys. It was awesome this morning. I experienced this, what he's speaking about, the Holy of Holies. I experienced that presence. Was I not in the Holy of Holies before we began to worship? No. I was there because I entered by faith when I believed in Jesus. But because I took an action of faith, and we're going to speak about how does our faith looks? Because I did, um, I was not aware of anything of myself. I wasn't aware of any guilt or anything that anybody could have against me. I was just aware of Jesus because I took an action of faith, knowing what he has done already for me, um, and I, I experienced what, what he gave for me. Okay. Now, I want to touch on verse 24, oh 23, it says, So let us cease and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess and our acknowledgement of it for he who promised is reliable and faithful to his word. Herod explained this to me because I still got confused between hope and faith. Okay, he says, we preach this message. Yay. Akweer, het ek a paar foto, op die <laughs> Okay, you are forgiven is the message, ne? So this is the message that we preach. So we preach a message of hope. okay? And our hope is to be like Christ. That is our hope, is to be fully manifested like Christ. So we know we've been made, you are made in the image of God, you are like Christ in spirit, but in full manifestation, we hear this message, the gospel, we, is speaking of a message of hope. But this message produces faith in our hearts. So, Romans 10 verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing. Okay, so he does not say hope comes by hearing. It says, faith comes by hearing. Okay, hearing what? Hearing a message of hope. Okay, so what I'm speaking about here is that I'm hearing... A message where I can live every day in the presence of God. Where I can live with a pure conscience in my reality. And when I hear that message of hope, which is not yet manifested in me, it produces faith in my heart that I can receive and rejoice and manifest it right now. Okay, so this message, we will always bring the truth. What is already truth. And I want to also put here then unseen. So we are speaking of something already true, but it is unseen. We have um, a pure cons- conscience, for example, already. It means that in Christ, your conscience has been washed. It means it speaks of a place where you're not aware of anything you do wrong. It is unseen. But when I hear, wow, <laughs> Jesus has done it all. He has washed my, my conscience with his blood. It produces faith in my life, and faith is then the same thing. Okay, so that is what it is—the reality. So that is what Hebrews 11, verse 1 then says. Now, faith is the assurance of the things we hope for. Okay, so we hope for something. Colossians 1, verse 27: Christ, the hope of glory. We, are, we, are, we hear of this glory that will be fully manifested in us, and it produces faith in my heart. Faith. What will this faith do? Faith will take me from whatever is happening here, the feelings of being outside, not in, in truth, but the feeling of being outside by faith. I can enter and feel what God is, has given me. It changes your reality. Okay, let's go to, to John 15 from verse 3. It says, you are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I have given you, teachings I have discussed with you. Here we are. Um, there was a, you were not, let's say, you had a guilty conscience or you were unclean, and now you are clean. Why? The word came to you, this message. Of forgiveness. So basically saying, you were unclean, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, you were unclean, but then my words, my teaching, and who is the word, Jesus himself is the word, it came to you, it found entrance into your heart, not said in the scripture, but the, in, in that context, because the the word says, is it also in John that says, um, they are of the father the devil. Because the words did not find entrance into the heart. So even though the, the message is freely forgiven, it needs to find entrance. It is faith. It, you have to believe it. So you were unclean. This is again the ones I've seen. You were unclean. The word came, You've, and it found entrance into your heart, and you were made, made clean. Okay, let's read on. He says, dwell in me, and I will dwell in you. Live in me, and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding, being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much fruit. However, apart from me you can do nothing. If a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch, and withers, such withers, such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire, and they are burnt. If you live in me, and my words remain in you, and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. Okay, so in verse 3, he says, you are cleansed," speaking to the disciples. Okay, so Make sure that you understand that. He's speaking to the disciples. They believe. So he's speaking to, to somebody who received the word. You were unclean, but my word, um, word came to you, and now you are clean. Then, um, he, he's still speaking to the s- disciples. Dwell in me. Continue in me. Abide in me. And then in verse 6, he says, but if a person, not if you, <laughs> if a person does not dwell in me, so if you do not believe in me, if you do not receive these words by faith, you stay outside. Okay, you are cut off. Okay, that's what—that is just basically what I'm saying. So it's not like this; not a condition. Now you were in, and now you're not continually abiding in me, so I cut you off and throw you out. Okay, that's not what he's speaking about. He says, if a person—so if you never entered by faith, then you're still outside. Okay, but if you entered by faith, you have—you have—you um, have been cleansed. Given a pure conscience, etc., etc. But now he says, if you live in me and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. So now he's speaking of this daily thing again. Um, He says, there were no fruit or little fruit, no fruit or little fruit, but if the word remains in you, the word, you will bear much fruit. Now, I really ask God, I don't know how to put this to so that, so that there's a condition on you in terms of saying, listen, you have to now do step one, two, and three to be able to enter to bear much fruit. I say to God, because this is He showed me that the word is really important, (laughs) and he showed me that we need to really abide in his word, but it is not from fear, it is not from a place from, if I'm not going to abide in the word, then he's going to kick me out and I'm going to be outside again. He showed me that it's really from a place of hunger. It's really from a, a place where we look at His forgiveness and to His beauty and where our where hunger is created in our hearts. And when we dwell and, and, and look more to Him, continuously look more to Him, then we will bear much fruit. Okay? So, He's saying that... Um, <laughs> you were on, I've clen- clenched you already. There's no doubt about it. Okay, so there's not the only condition there is to believe, but now he's saying, if you abide in my word, you continue to stay there, your current situation which you are in will change to bearing much fruit. So it's an invitation from him to dwell in him, to dwell for us to dwell in him. It is not a. It is not fear that he has put in our hearts and say, you must, otherwise I'm going to condemn you. It is an invitation where he says, do you want the fruit in your life to be changed? Do you want your fruit of depression <laughs> to become fruit of joy? Do you want your fruit of poverty to become abundance? Do you, do you want your fruit of struggles and stress? Do you want that fruit rather to be peace? Then he says, continue to dwell in my word okay it is not it's not a fear driven commandment it is some it's an invitation my god that he makes to you where he says this is where you will find life so he is just basically stating and saying if you want life draw near to me if you want life if you want your fruit if you want more fruit in your life dwell in in my word, okay, and Jesus is the word, so it is back to the first example that I gave to to you, we have been cleansed, so when we come and we draw near to him, we come with a knowledge of what he has already given us in the unseen, but because we believe that it will become sin in our lives. So when I feel depressed, depressed, <laughs> I worship by faith and I say, Jesus, you are worthy because you have given me all things. You have given me joy. And wow, when I'm finished with worship, wow, I ex- start to experience joy. So the thing that I was n- was, did not see when I draw near by faith in the word or in worship, whatever you want to, to do, Suddenly, there's a fruit in, in my life. Okay, So he's just merely stating, if you continue in my word, I invite you. This is the place where you will find, where you will find life. Now, okay, let's go on. This, I will get to some more things. <laughs> um, if we look at verse 7 again, he says, Ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. Okay, so where shall I s- write? This is actually where I want to get to. You have a role to play. The thing why I want to place emphasis on this is because, unfortunately, when we started hearing this message of grace, um, some some in some places this message has have really been watered down to a place of ah, oh, it's grace. I can do whatever I want, and in. Half it's true. You can do whatever you want, and God will forgive you. You or He has forgiven you. So it's true. But do you want to bear fruit? <laughs> you understand? So grace, we just really need to understand that grace is not it's not only something that um that forgives you of, of your wrong, it is the power of God so that you can become fully like Christ. It is the power of God, okay? So when grace is given to us, it pardons, but it also empowers. And I know oh, you can speak mercy, grace. We, I, I'm not going to draw the, the definite line out there. The, this, the point is just Jesus, the word, comes to you. And he pardons you of all that you have done, but he also gives you the power so that you are not stuck there. I mean, what a life if we always just say, yeah, no, I no, I'm forgiven, but this is what I sit with all day. Guilty conscious, guilty conscious, no, not bearing fruit, feeling unclean. But I'm forgiven. Well, great for you. I'm so glad that you're forgiven. You are right. You are forgiven. <laughs> and, but receive this now. So receive the grace. He says, do not receive this grace in vain. So receive the grace. And how do we do that? <laughs> by drawing near okay so the receiving of the grace is not a condition to exclude you it is an invitation to include you into the fullness of christ okay so um yes you have a role to play now this role that you are playing where's my uh, is a life of faith so just going to get to this one he says ask whatever you will he did not say because You now believe I'm going to dump everything from heaven and you're going to have have a happy life? Ta-da! It is now finished and great. You don't have to do anything. The first thing he gave as a very small example, he says, just ask. That is something we can do. So... You, are, you have a role to play. Because even some people have this reasoning that they say, because God knows what we want, and because God knows what we need, you do not have to ask. Now, I know that God is greater already than when I ask. And many times I see him giving me something before I even ask. So yes, God is greater. But we stand in a relationship. <laughs> it is not something that God is just going to dump all his blessings on, on you, whether you... Want it or not? You have a choice in this. We have been made, we have been set free. We have a choice in this. So we have a role to play. And the great thing is in this role that we play is we really do something small and he does something great. For example, I mean, asking, it's not, it's not very difficult. You do it even as you're walking, even as you're driving. You're thinking of, sure, my auntie, she's sick. Thank you, Lord. Will you please heal her? I mean was that very difficult to do no it was not but he says please ask me fulfill your role okay now net ook al oral maar your role is is not to change yourself this is not your role. So God did not say, come now, dwell in my word, and now try to change yourself. Okay, so that's not your role. You need to distinguish. <laughs> he says, come with a pure and honest and sincere heart. So come as you are. Not come with all your little plans of how you're going to change yourself. Your role to play is not to change yourself. Your role is just to draw near. It's just a simple relationship with Jesus, okay? Speaking to him. And the, the example we already use is, is to ask. That's one, one example. But then, God has a role to play. I'm going to get back to Hebrews 10. Just, I just want to read that one verse that we've already read. It was just so awesome when I saw that. It's very simple, but he says... Hebrews ten verse 23 says, So let us cease and old fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish cherish and confess and our acknowledgement of it. For he who promised is reliable and faithful to his word. So let's draw near because he is faithful. Okay. So let's come near because he is faithful. So let's come forward and draw near with two hearts because we have access. He has, through his broken body, given us access, so our role then is to just draw near. And that will look different for different people and it will look different in different parts of your life or from day to day. Okay, So how do you draw near? Um, Maybe it is when you're in the traffic and you put on the CD that you listen to the sermon. Maybe it is you waking up early in the morning, praying, asking God. Maybe you love sleep like I do, so you rather pray... In the afternoon or at night. Okay. So there's not a certain way how you can draw near. Maybe you like to pick up your guitar and just worship. Maybe you love to sing in the shower. (laughs) Praises to Jesus. (laughs) Okay. So drawing near looks different for every person. And there's really, really no way. Maybe your drawing near is sitting in nature and just appreciating the beauty of what God has given, but there is a drawing near, so that's our role to pray. We draw near, and it is not, we come to him, not to change ourselves, but we come to him by faith. Okay, so because Hebrews 11, verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must believe that God exists and that he is the rewarder of those who earnestly earnestly and diligently seek him out. If you look at Hebrews 10 verse 38, he says um, from the beginning, But the just shall live by faith. And if he draws back and shrinks in fear, my soul has no delight or pleasure in him. Wow, that sounds harsh. harsh, but in Hebrews 10, he says, what gives pleasure to God? Faith. So when we come to him, we come by faith. We say, thank you, Lord, for what you have already done. I believe for what you have already done, but I do not see this in my life. <laughs> so I, I, really, I really need you to, to come and, and change change me so I don't come with a plan of changing myself that is not faith that's faith in your own f- self <laughs> of what you can do but I come in faith that God has promised and he is faithful to his word that w- he will do what he said he will do and he will perform what he said he will perform okay now the next thing is what does faith look like let's go to James 1 Okay, so the two things that just popped up in my mind, it's not a dictionary um, definition or anything, but faith is either a demonstration of what you believe, or it can be a demonstration or an action of a prompting of the Spirit. For example, if you look at the baptism, you don't need necessarily the spirit to tell you to go and baptize yourself, although that's a good thing also. But you can just, Harit can just be preaching on the baptism. You can say, I believe, so I I want to be baptized. So it is something that you want to demonstrate straight of what you, you already believe. Communion. I mean, every Sunday night we use communion. It was not like the spirit, he was hovering over the place, and every Sunday night he writes on the wall and say, "Please use communion." No, we believe something, and therefore we demonstrate it. Okay, but then sometimes there are places where the spirit speaks to you specifically, and he says. Um, For example, um, just go and hug that person. It is not something that you usually do. You're not a hugger. Um, (laughs) You're not a hugger or anything, but you feel it in your heart to go and hug that person. And that is faith, because you're acting on something that the Spirit was prompting you to do okay. Laying on our hands is also demonstrating what you already believe. It is not. I don't wake up on a Thursday morning hearing the, the spirit tell me um, I have to go and lay hands on the sick. I wake up every Thursday morning knowing that we are going to lay hands on the sick, and therefore I go and lay my hands on the sick. And then we see many healings. You understand. So you don't have to be spooky spiritual about it. You can just say what the word already tells you. <laughs> and then also the spirit speaks to you about specific things also. So faith is. In, it, in the end, it's an action, okay, whether the Spirit said to you it right now, or whether you, it is a habit, yeah, it, it is a habit, so you can do that, but it is an action, okay, let's go to James 1 verse 20, he says, for man's anger does not promote the righteousness of God, so get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness, and in a humble Gentle, modest spirit, receive and welcome the word, which implanted and rooted in your hearts contains the power to save your souls. Okay, so he's speaking of two things there. He says the word is already planted in your hearts, so this already happened. I mean, a person who has not received the word, the word is not implanted in, in their hearts. But he says, now that the word is implanted to your heart, receive that word which is already planted in your heart so that it can save your souls. And that is why we are speaking of the two things. You need to receive Jesus, yes. But that word which now is rooted and planted in into your heart, Dwell in it, receive it, it is on your mouth, it is near you, it is in your heart. So draw near to God so that it daily can save your souls, okay? So that the unseen of what we know is to be true already for us can become our seen, okay? So we draw near by faith. He says, but be doers of the word and not merely listeners to it, but train yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary." Read to the truth, so basically, it's just saying there: if your faith does not have action, you will be misled. You will be deceived, and it is it is something that that you can see generally. People who who's not active in their lives, and I'm speaking about giving. I'm speaking of laying hands of on the sick. I'm speaking about praying, being in the Word, and this is not a condition. Again, I'm not saying that if you don't spend an hour in the Word every day, there's I'm speaking just in your life where there's a seeking. I mean, already you came by faith this morning to church to receive something. That's, is that true? So you are already active in something. But the encouragement, of course, is to be active daily in our lives, whatever it looks like. But people who's not active, the person that received Jesus, and I cannot think of somebody right now, but this there might be a person you know. Three years ago, they received Jesus, but they've never been to church. They've never testified. They've never laid their hands on the sick. They've never been active since they received Jesus. My question is, how does their life look like right now? I can tell you it is not full of the fruit of the spirit, it is most probably just going downhill. That guy is saved. It is true. That guy is saved. But only when there is an action, a drawing near, will we bear much fruit. Okay, um, you're not going to see the sick healed if you don't put your hands on them. Okay, it is just simple. So this action is very simple. But if you want to see the blind healed, you've got to lay your hand on blind eyes. Okay, so there has. There has to be an action. Otherwise, we become deceived <laughs> with reasonings contrary to the truth. And that is, so that guy most probably that's sitting in his, in his flat for the past three years, he's reasoning. Why hasn't God come through to me yet? Why isn't God doing this? If God is then so gracious, if God was love, and then reasonings, reasonings, there's no fruit. It will be very simple if he just takes one action. You will see God moving, Okay. Okay. For if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it and being a doer of it, he is like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face in a mirror. For he thoughtfully observes himself and then goes off and promptly forgets what he was like. But he who looks carefully into the faultless law, the law of liberty, and is faithful to it and perseveres in looking into it, being not a heedless listener who forgets, but an active doer who obeys, he shall be blessed in his doing in his life of obedience. I thought it very funny. (laughs) So you look in a mirror. And you turn away and you're like, what do I look like? And you have to look again. I mean, that's funny. Most of us, we know how we look like. Né? It's not that we think of it constantly, but you have a good idea how you look like. So I just thought, it's, it's actually such a nice example. Um, and then I just thought of the, of the church why do we forget what we look like? Why do we not see fruit in our lives? Because we come here once a week, and I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> I'm not trying to step on toes, but <laughs> I'm sorry if I do, but we come in here once a week, or wherever you go, you come in here once a week, and then you look to Jesus, but then you walk out there, and there's nothing in your life that looks that perseveres in looking to Jesus. So you just forget what you want, uh, who you are. And then you come here Sunday, and you want to complain. You say, but I'm not seeing anything in my life. God is not doing anything. Or you're like, I feel so guilty, and I feel so this and that. And, but you just sit here, but you don't go out and draw near to God in any way. And you are surprised. <laughs> so that is, that is funny to me. And I'm not saying about, this about anyone sitting here, because I know that people here, they come, and they apply in their lives. Okay, I'm just speaking in general. The, the church where I grew up, you go and you sit, you maybe hear something of Jesus, and you think that's nice. But you go, go out, and there's there's no change in your life. You just come back, and because you have to start from scratch all over again, because you have to, you cannot remember. Oh, that's how I remember. But there's no growth because. Every week, it's just the same thing. And then 20 years go by, and 20 years you sit in the same church, and you didn't change a bit. Huh? No fruit. There's no fruit for 20 years long. But then I can testify of the guys sitting here. I mean, we hear testimonies in a week, in two weeks. The word comes. You receive it in your heart, and we just hear people stepping out and doing things in their lives, and then the, the, the fruit is, is obvious. Okay. Um, we 're not going to speak about the be- obedience okay, That CD from Herod he spoke about it. Obedience is not a curse word. <laughs> it is really by faith to what whatever god God prompts you to do to to walk walk in that it 's not obedience to the old written rule of um, written rules by Moses. It is obedience to the spirit so it 's not it 's not a curse word okay but let 's go on James two verse fourteen He says, What is the use, my brethren, for anyone to profess to have faith if he has no good works to show for it? Can such faith save our souls? If a brother or sister is poorly clad and lacks food for each day, and one of you say to him, Goodbye, keep yourself warm and well fed without giving him the necessities for the body, what good does that do? So, also, faith. If he does not have works by itself, it is destined of power. So it's, it's really, it's just making that demonstration to say that yeah, if we now believe, it's like I said earlier, great for you, yes, you are forgiven, but if we do not draw near, if we do not continue to dwell in the word, if we do not take any action of faith, it will be destitute of power. There will be no power visible in your life. Okay. Okay, so just to make the distinction clear, faith has its works and the law has its works. And it's not the same. Faith is that you do something in view that you are already forgiven. Okay? So, you look at this message, you see, even though I don't feel like it, I am already forgiven, and therefore I can draw near. I have entered into the, into the Holy of Holies. And then you do whatever it is. And that, that's when we can do strange things. Like, I'm just think I think it's John G. Lake. He had a crusade in the early. 1900s. So he got a message. Family was sick or something back in America. So he had to jump on the ship and go and the ship was about to leave. I might might mix up my story. But anyway, so he had to stop the crusade. He said, I'm just going to lay hands on this rock and everybody who touches this rock will be healed. And it was like two weeks after the, that. People just come came and touched the rock and they were healed. So I mean it, it's not described in the Bible that you have to lay your hands on the rock and then people have to come and touch the rock. Okay. So faith can really look like something strange. I remember many years ago, I visited my sister when she was at Marnes, and he said, today, um, you're going to wash your eyes. He laid his hands on the one tap, and he says, now you're going to wash your eyes with the water coming from this tap so that your eyes can be opened. Our eyes have been opened by the gospel, yes, but by faith, because we believe it. We wanted to see it manifested. So all like crazy people, if somebody had to come in there, we walked. Wash our eyes. Next person, wash our eyes. I mean, it's crazy things. But what did Jesus do? He made mud, put it on the eyes of the blind, go and wash yourself. All the other people, he laid just hands or he just spoke a word and said, "Be healed." For this guy, he made mud. There's not a rule in how you do it. It's not a rule in drawing near. It is just come as you are. However, doesn't matter how it looks. I mean, you can. Crazy people, they look funny, they listen to funny music, they drive funny things. Their way of lifestyle is, I don't even have an idea how their drawing near will look like if they know Jesus. I don't know, but it will be okay, because just come as you are. You understand what I mean? There's there's not a a fixed way. Okay. Then, we have to end somewhere. Hebrews 4, we're going to read from verse 7. He says, again he sets a definite day, a new today. So the, the, uh, the key word je- just there is today. I don't care what you did yesterday or did not do yesterday. It does really not matter. Today is a definite day, new day. Okay. And gives another opportunity of securing that rest, saying through David after so long a time in the words already quoted, Today, if you would hear his voice, and when you hear it, do not harden your hearts. This mention of a rest was not a reference to the entering into Canaan, for if Joshua had given them rest, he, God, would not speak afterward about another day. So then there is still awaiting a full and complete Sabbath rest reserved for the true people of God. For he who has once entered God's rest, Also, has ceased from the weariness and pain of human labors, just as God rested from those labors peculiarly his own. Okay, so the once of sin is a resting from human labors. Reynard Labors, Reynard Bonke said it so nice. He said, You were dead in your transgressions in sins. What can a dead guy do? Nothing, okay? So when you were still outside, you it was just human labors making you tired. But you have once, you have now ceased, when you entered the rest, (laughs) when you entered into the Holy of Holies, when you believed in Jesus once, you rest from those human labors, okay? But now, we live a life of faith. So anything we do after that is not human labor. (laughs) It is not something to try to, to earn the rest. It is not something to earn God's forgiveness. You have it already. You have entered the rest. But Hebrews 10 verse 38 says, the just shall live by faith. So that is our lives. It's a life of faith. It says it's in many places. I didn't write all of them down, but I think it's uh, Romans 1 as well. Habakkuk 3, Galatians 3. Habakkuk 2, yeah, Galatians 4. It says the just shall live by faith. Are you the just? Yes, you are. You are the just. Okay. But you shall live by faith. Okay. And that, that is our lives. Okay, let's quickly continue. We're almost done. For the word, verse twelve, for the word that God speaks is alive and full of power. It is sharper than any two edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of his of life soul and the immortal spirit, and of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. So that is his work. His word is doing. You're just drawing near, but it's not your role to play. He's doing... That is his role. And not a creature exists that is concealed from his sight, but all things are open and exposed, naked and defenseless to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Inasmuch then as we have a great high priest who has already ascended and passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession of faith in him. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand and sympathize and have a Um, a shared feeling with our weaknesses and infirmities and liability to the assaults of temptation, but one who has been tempted in every respect as we are yet without sinning. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help, and well-timed help coming just when we need it. Okay, so we (laughs) saying, since we have this high priest, since he has paid a price, since we have been forgiven, since we are there, let us draw near, let us draw near to to find mercy and receive grace. Let us get out of this state of mind, into this state of mind, let us receive mercy and grace. So we have a role to play. God is not going to dump heaven on you (laughs) with all the blessings and all the gold of heaven. He is going to live in a relationship with you. And when you open your heart to receive it, he will gladly and freely give it to you. He has already (laughs) given it to you. It's already given. It's unseen, but it's already given. Now, by faith, we receive it. And it was so nice what Martin said. There's nothing that hinders you. So, that's what I said, I, I, I don't know if I got this ac- across, I said to God, it's not that I want to put a condition this morning on you, because there is no condition, but the condition is to live by faith, you understand what I mean? So the, it is, it's an easy condition, we hear a word and it produces faith, you understand, when we hear the word that, it, that the unseen can be seen, it produces faith in our heart, Romans 10 verse 17, and just grab hold of this faith and run with it. Just say, well, God, you have now, so I draw near. Please give it all to me. Amen. Let me pray for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that you have given us all things. By faith this morning we receive, and I pray that you will stir our hunger in our hearts, no longer drawing near or um, trying to, trying to, to to um, live our lives from fear or thinking that we have to do something uh, because we're afraid if we don't, you won't give to us, Jesus. But give us just a hunger to draw near because we, we love you. Just a hunger to draw near because you are beautiful and to be in your courts, to be in your presence is better than than any place else, Jesus. And, and I pray that just stir up this hunger in us to know you more and more. Amen. Awesome, awesome. What a word. That's really awesome. <laughs> It's better to be active and bear fruit and experience than to not be active and not bear fruit and not experience. (laughs) Yeah, so thank you for the word. Awesome, awesome, awesome.